Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I just needed a safe space for me to be me or just express myself and I didn't have that. And so I was just like, craving to carve out a space of my own. And I would just daydream about, you know, looking through my spaces, pretending I'm in those like rooms. It was really like my decor Bible. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have DeBito. DeBito is an interior designer and founder of Old Brand New, a creative studio specializing in design, art direction, photography, and brand partnerships. If you've followed the blogging world of design, you're most likely familiar with DeBito. He's been blogging for about 12 years, showcasing his colorful, bold interiors. In this episode, DeBito shares his experience of growing up in a three-bedroom home with three generations in a low-income immigrant community. He talks about how an Ikea catalog became his decor Bible at a young age and changed his life. It allowed him to dream of one day having his own space where he could express himself. We also talk about the many pivots he's made along his career path, including a stint as a flight attendant and how color, art, and decorating is a way for him to communicate. So let's welcome our guest, DeBito. I am fascinated about all the pivots that you have made in your career path from where you started to where you are today, which has included being a flight attendant. Oh, yes. <laughs> graphic designer in printmaking. And one of the reasons why I think it's something that would be nice to talk about is something we're hearing right now after these past two years. A lot of people are pivoting in their careers and wanting to change and feeling that need to dig into something that they feel passionate about and go for it. And I feel like you have been walking that path and it is a success story sitting in front of us right here. So I'd love if you could talk a little bit about how you started and where you are today, in addition to perhaps any advice that you would give to people who are feeling like the want to make a change. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I grew up, you know, in a low income immigrant, you know, community. My family moved here from China, Vietnam in the uh, late 70s. And so I didn't grow up in a creative community. I didn't grow up with like creative parents. I didn't grow up with like beautiful home, beautiful things. Our beautiful things were like a collection of takeout boxes and like a karaoke machine. That was like our prized oh. possession. Like we didn't have a lot, but we had a banging karaoke machine for some reason. That's how we um, entertain. And so I never thought the creative life was going to be my future. Mm. I was always creative. I didn't realize that creativity can lead to a successful career. Yeah. That seems so abstract to me. Even though I was like dabbling in like when I was elementary, I would join all these like coloring contests mm-hmm. and I would actually win them at Sanrio Surprises. And so, I mean, I just loved coloring growing up, but, you know, I thought I was going to be a chemical engineer. That was my major going into college, oh my gosh. which was so weird. <laughs> and once I got to college, I think that's when I started to realize, okay, this is not me. Like I can't hang with all these like biochem students, you know, all, it was just too intense. Were you going into chemistry because your family wanted you to do that? It was either science, business, or a lawyer. Those were like the tangible things, right? You know, that we knew. Right. That were going to be a career or that, that would bring money, you know, because, I mean, I didn't even think about being an artist. So, yeah. And I didn't take any art classes in high school either. Once I got to college, which uh, was at UC Santa Cruz, I decided to change my uh, major to art. I took intro to printmaking, not knowing what printmaking was, and fell absolutely in love with it. Mm. You know, it combined everything that I loved from photography to, you know, drawing with um, watercolor and just all these different techniques all into one. And I just loved it. I loved the whole process of grinding on a limestone or carving on wood or um, etching on a copper plate. And I realized, wow, I could do this the rest of my life. Like if I had no problem being in the studio all day, this is this is it. This was like my calling. This was like, finally, I felt it was like my purpose. Like this is it. But I was still very nervous. Right. I had a hard time even selling the idea of printmaking to my like friends. Yeah. But yeah, it's this really old way of like printing. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, and so what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't know. So plan B after college was to, you know, take some graphic design courses at a community college. I took a bunch of those, you know, learned quickly. And then I think the recession hit and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, but I was interning at a graphic design place in downtown L.A., and really loved it, but they weren't paying enough. I think it was like 600 a month. And I was like, this is, I can't do this. So I decided to take on flight attendant because I had so much time. That's quite a pivot right there. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get in because it was a very uh, competitive field, I hear. But I got in. Oh. Yeah. Being a flight attendant for Cathay Pacific, there was like so many requirements. I just did it as kind of like a joke, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I wanted to travel. Um, in college, I studied abroad in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and I loved it. And so Cathay Pacific is a Hong Kong airline. And I thought, you know what, if I can just go to Hong Kong frequently, that'd be great. Wow. Do you speak other languages? I speak Cantonese. Okay. A little bit of Mandarin, but mostly Cantonese, mm-hmm. um, but like very basic, like 
I think second grade mm. Cantonese. It's you know, yeah. And uh, I got in, and I was traveling back and forth Hong Kong to LA three times a month. And during those off days, I was thrifting religiously every single day because you just loved it. I start to live on my own, and I wanted to decorate my place. Yeah. And I knew thrift stores were just you know fit my budget. I wasn't making enough still to like right. buy. Beautiful, expensive things, and so I was thrifting, finding just things to fill my home, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was finding a lot of amazing, beautiful chairs and knickknacks and everything. Yeah. And that's when I started blogging. Uh-huh. And that was 2009. And why blogging? Well, I was very inspired by like Design Sponge, Apartment Therapy. I was always really into decorating. I wasn't always into decorating. Growing up, I never had my own room. And so when I tell people I never had my own room, I shared my room with my mom and my dad and my sister up until my senior year in high school. I had read that you grew up in a three-bedroom home with three generations. Yes,、um, nine people. It was like my aunt, my grandpa, my grandma, two uncles, and then my mom, my sister, and my dad and I. Wow. And so it was a lot. That's just how a lot of immigrants, you know, first generations who come here, they have a home and. You're just like packed into like sardines, you know, and so we're on top of each other. I didn't have my own space,、mm. and so I remember in high school, an IKEA catalog popped into the mail, and I was like, "What is this thick book?"、Yeah. Um, and I started flipping through it, and I was just like mesmerized. Oh my god! Like, wow,、yeah. look at these beautiful <laughs> spaces, you know. And so I remember just flipping through the pages and just like being mesmerized by how. Beautiful, these spaces were, and I was flipping through it every day,、mm. just dreaming about one day having my own space. Yeah, because growing up, I was bullied a lot. You know, every single day, I was called, you know, terrible names, and so I didn't have a place to like go to like cry or just be myself.、Yeah. And so I just needed a safe space for me to be me、yep. or just express myself, and I didn't have that. And so I was just like. Craving to carve out a space of my own, and I would just daydream about you know looking through my spaces, pretending I'm in those like rooms. It was really like my decor bible, and I had no idea. I didn't think about even being an interior designer. That wasn't even in my vocabulary. Yeah, I was attracted to these spaces, and I wanted my own space. I like couldn't wait to like grow up and decorate my own home and just have my own space. Yeah, and so fast forward, finally moving out on my own. I was thrifting. I was buying things. I was really inspired by those,、uh, you know, all the decor blogs. And then I started thinking, well, why don't I just start blogging too about what I find daily from the thrift stores? Because I would hit up sometimes ten thrift stores a day. Whoa! Because in LA there are so many, and back then, you know, around two thousand and eight and nine. To the intent that I was thrifting so much, and I found so many beautiful things, and I started just blogging about it because I knew that I could take really good photos, and I just blogged about what I could do and decorate my home. Like I was an interior designer, I wasn't trying to like pretend I was like a designer. I'm just showing people or just sharing what you know you can do with a limited budget. Yeah, you know, using color and thrifty finds to make your space beautiful. Were、well, you doing your own photography there too? Yes, because I took photography in college as well.、Um, okay. Because in printmaking, you have to combine all these, you know, painting, you know, drawing and photography and everything, and so that printmaking was like a big. It just kind of 
brought all those mediums into one place. Right. Photography can be in printmaking because you're making prints and duplicates of something. And so I could photograph everything. It was a blog about combining all those things that I love. How are you finding an audience? I wasn't. I was just blogging. Okay. I didn't know how to find an audience. You know, back then, commenting on other people's blogs was a really big thing. Right. I remember that. And so that's really how you find a community. A lot of my blogs that I really loved, like Happy Mundane, um, Horange, they celebrated color and, you know, modern designs. And so I followed them. They had a really great online personality. And I remember they featured some of my work. Mm. And I was really like, shook like what yeah why how like my work is (laughs) worthy to be on your blog and so I think apartment therapy might have featured my home once and it kind of just snowballed out of there I still didn't think I was going to be an interior designer um my whole point in life was to be a graphic designer Mm. that was my calling and I did eventually find a graphic design job through blogging and funny thing is I found it through Justina Blakeney Mm -hmm. who I met later on from blogging as well and she was my first blogger who I met in person like oh my god this is so strange it was like going on a blind like a blind blogging (laughs) date but we just hit it off she was also a graphic designer as well Mm -hmm. and so we just vibed on the same thing and so she was the creative director at a gardening company, Wooly Pocket in LA, and they needed a graphic designer. And I joined the team. And I was with them for almost five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was still blogging full time. You know, while I was doing graphic design, I was doing a lot of interior stuff, just like my, on my own, decorating my own home. Was it like once a week you were posting? Is that what full time was? No, I was still blogging full time, um, just like moonlighting. And, you know, after work, I would go home and Try to do everything on the weekends and then slowly post it throughout the week. Dedicated. Yeah, it was really fun blogging back then. You know, it was just like my my outlet. Yeah. It was also just for me to stay, um, you know, not just express my creativity, but also it was, it was a diary. It was for me to also stay positive because I think during my earlier years, like when I was a kid, I was just so bogged down by all of the bullying and everything. And so I was very depressed for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I had to like crawl myself out of that and get into a habit of like being, you know, just taking time and appreciate things and celebrating my life. Yeah. Do you feel like art helped you do that? Help you get out of that? Yeah, because that's really the only way I knew how to communicate. Yeah. I struggle with communicating. I think a lot of people do, but I finally am very aware. I think being in a relationship helps you be more aware that I struggle with communicating my thoughts and expressing how I feel Mm -hmm. through words. And so art and decorating and creating art was really a way for me to communicate through color, through strokes, through, you know, photography, all of that, you know, so yeah. So funny story is when I was in college, I struggled writing like these five, 10 page papers. Mm. For my final, I decided to do this watercolor painting. I said, this is what I learned. And this is it. I can't write a 10 page paper, but I can paint you a 20 by 30 painting that took me, you know, just as much time. Oh, my God. That gives (laughs) me chills. That's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And so and I got a B. I was going to say, I hope you got an A, man. Come on. (laughs) But, you know, that's really how I just communicated through art. Yeah. And so decorating for me was my way of celebrating my life. 
just being in my own, creating a safe space for myself. Yes. And expressing my own stories, my own feelings, emotions, and everything like that, my journey. That's what I tell a lot of people, a lot of my clients who come to me like, oh, how do I decorate? Where do I start? And it's really just starting yourself. Like, what are your favorite colors? Where have you been? What are some of your favorite spaces? You know, tell me about your culture, celebrate your culture, your heritage. What's that one weird thing that your aunt or your uncle gave you? Mm. Celebrate that, you know, show it, showcase it. Yes. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, so let's get back to your journey. So back to my journey here. So I quit and then I decided, hey, you know, let's try giving this blogging full time a thing. Mm. And um, it was brutal. The first two years, I just was struggling. So at that time, I quit and then I moved to New Orleans uh-huh. because I met my partner. Uh-huh. We had an amazing first date in Montauk and he was just visiting at that time. And uh, I was living in New York. And so I moved to New Orleans on our third date. I was going to move back to LA anyway. And so I just proposed, not proposed like a marriage, yeah. but like just like, <laughs> well, moving in on a third date, it's pretty much a proposal. But uh, <laughs> is that what you did? You moved in on the third date? Yes. To, yeah. Okay. I was like, you know, let's just give this a shot. And yeah. so I moved to New Orleans. Never in my life thought New Orleans was never on my radar. I didn't know much about New Orleans. Yeah. And so once I moved there, I fell in love, fell in love with him. And it was like my first real big makeover. Because mm. I moved in and he had this really cute shotgun home. And it just desperately needed to be spruced up. Yeah. And I got my first big partnership with West Elm. We did an exchange where they gave me a bunch of furniture to make over the living room. And that was like a moment, I think, when I realized, wow, I really love doing makeovers. You know, I mean, I've been decorating a lot of my own. I've, you know, I moved a lot in LA and moved a lot of places. I love decorating. But that was like my first big project where I was like, here's a before, here's an after. How did you get the partnership with West Helm? From blogging. Somebody I knew there from blogging, start a new gig at West Elm. So that's how, yes, Uh, I think that's how I got that partnership. And it was just my first big partnership because before that, I wasn't making any money. There was no income. And that was like already year six into blogging. And I remember just decorating, creating content and um, buying a bunch of things and then returning a bunch of things. And so it was funny because I was showing all these people, all these, oh, this is my home. This is my new desk. But in actuality, there was no desk or there was no sofa because I had to return everything. Oh, my God. I mean, I was making, God, that year. I mean, my partner didn't even know this, but like he was like, had I known you were making $15,000 a year 
Um, I mean, but you kept going. But I kept going because I loved it. Yeah. But after that West End partnership, a few more partnerships started to grow and like come in. They started to find me somehow through blogging. You know, the blogging universe is so mysterious and weird. But, you know, I think it's because I continue to blog every day and just continue to show my work. And like I said, those were my ways of just planting a bunch of seeds and hopefully somebody will notice. Yeah. And so eventually it did. And I was getting a lot of fun partnerships. Was that like your vision along the way to be able to sustain your life as an interior designer? Did you just keep holding on to this thought? Yes. Yeah. I thought I was, this is what I want to do. This is, and I just figured yeah. people will find my work somehow from blogging. Yeah. I didn't know who to reach out to. I just thought blogging was my only way of marketing myself. Just continue to create work and show my work. Yeah. And that was it. Just like being passionate about that, but also just dedicating my whole, my entire time. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create content. I'm going to photograph. I'm mm. going to decorate and put it out there every single day. It's a job. Yeah. 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 You just took action. Now, as someone, you said you grew up not having your own space, own bedroom or anything, and you said that you were bullied a lot every day. So how are you creating the spaces now for yourself as a result of growing up in the way that you grew up? Like, what's important for you now? Do you need a lot of space? Do you need your space to have certain things in it? Like, what makes you feel good and safe and feel like yourself? Yeah, it's really, I, I don't think it's changed much. You know, I think for me, a safe space, it's really being surrounded by a lot of things that I love. It's being surrounded by color. I think color, it's not about how big a space it's. It's really about, you know, for me, I like intimate spaces. I like small spaces because they really feel warm and inviting and cozy to me. And so it's really about decorating your walls and color and filling it with things that I found throughout my travels, artworks that I made, yeah, plants, you know. So for me, a safe space is just my favorite things, my favorite color, my favorite vase that I found at a thrift store or from my travels. Um, yeah. Seeing artworks that my friends make or buying art, you know, from other artists or, you know, decorating a space is really celebrating your life and your trajectory and just seeing how far I've come, even sad art. Mm. I love it because it's like, oh, I remember that time when I made that. I was at that, you know, moment and know how much I've grown. And, you know, it's just being reminded by who you are. That's, for me, a happy place. Yeah. What is it about color for you? You are known for color, using color, bright and bold what is that for you? You just like, it just resonates with you, like the artist in you, perhaps? Yeah, you know, color just makes me so happy and so expressive, right? It's really me expressing emotions. Color is like, it's memory. It's a lot of, you know, when I see a color, it often brings me just not just mood, but a memory. So when I see sometimes like a yellow this or a purple that, it reminds me of, oh, that one time I went to Morocco or that one time... I accidentally spill, they take me back to places and time and, um, or it could be my mom's favorite color, you know, like orange. And so those are what triggers, you know, memory. And it's just my way of expressing myself. It's, it's my way of speaking, you know, color are like words to me, mm. you know, and I think I use the color a lot because color is a way to transform really basic and boring spaces into something 
magical. Mm. I didn't grow up with a lot. And so color was a way for me to make something that wasn't a lot bigger. You know, it was like to just make something out of nothing. Right. Yes. What's a signature DeBito look? So if someone walked into a room and said, oh, DeBito was here, in addition to color, what are other elements? Wallpaper, pattern, rugs, you know. Uh It's also a very collected, maximal look, but still controlled. Right. Um, There's still some thought. And gallery wall. (laughs) I mean, I have so many gallery walls. I think a lot of people associate me with gallery walls. And you're still selling prints. Yes, I just opened my shop a few months ago because people have been asking. So I just like opened a small shop with a few prints. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what I hadn't realized until recently is that you did the photography on Justina's book, her latest book. Yeah, for our books. I did The New Bohemians and The Jungle. Amazing. And also another book that came out last month or a few months ago was Jasmine Roth's book, House Story. Right on. It was really fun working on those books with them. So you just have your hands in all kinds of creative things. Yeah, yeah. I like to keep busy and doing different things, channeling different creative energy. Right. And now I finally get to work on my own book. Yes, let's talk about this. Oh, yes. Hey, <laughs> it's coming out in 2023? Yes, that is spring 2023. Okay, talk about it. I'm so curious about how this process is for you. This is your first book. My first book. And it's uh, it's scary. Yeah. You know, it's scary. You know, I mean, I don't know why it's scary because I've been blogging my home and writing about it. Mm. But there's something scary putting your work in a book and the idea that it might not do well or or just like putting myself out there for a bigger audience or like yeah. I have no control over it. Is it because it's permanent? I don't know why. There's a lot of pressure that I've been putting myself like, oh my God, it's the first book. It's yeah. going to be me. And it's also very personal. It's um, featuring a lot of my family and my friends' um, transformations. So it's a book that encompassed a lot of my work throughout the 10 years that I've been blogging or, well, 12 years now. But yeah, it's uh, it's personal. Yeah. You know, I'm, sort of writing a lot about and sharing a lot of details about my life and where I came from and a lot of my family's, you know, spaces. But I love it. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> it sounds so exciting. And is there anything that you have learned or you're sitting in the learning right now about this process, about yourself that surprises you or has surprised you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to, you know, finally put everything into words and organizing all what I do and seeing my, it's almost like a retrospective, like, oh my God, this is what I've created, compiling all of these things and also putting into words what I do, why I do it, how I do it. Because a lot of times how I design is very intuitive. I don't think about how and why just kind of just pick things and go. Mm. And now I'm actually sitting down and figuring out why I did this. What was I referencing? Why I chose these colors? How do I put these things together? And it's that's the surprising part. Now that I'm like, oh, this is why I did this. Oh, why I chose these three colors is, you know, the balancing of colors. And so, you know, it's now it's like, how do I say it? It's like, I can make a space beautiful, and now I can make it sound beautiful, if that makes any sense. Ooh, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, now I'm combining words and visuals together. And like I said earlier, communicating through words is very hard for me. Right. But it's really fun to just sit down and write everything out, and like, 
communicating my creative process and really letting people in on that and like sharing how I create these spaces. Yeah. Is it something you work on every day? Is it that type of discipline? Yeah. I mean, it's due in a month. Oh. And so I have to work on it every day. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm turning the manuscript in in February. And then it comes out a year yeah. later. Next year. That's such a long process in the book world. Yeah. Isn't it weird how like, yeah, yeah I'm like, what, can we go the can we make it quicker? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. It's fascinating. I bet your mom's so proud of you, Oh, thanks. She is. I bet she is. She is. She's like, I mean, she tells me, um, yeah, I'm not worried about you anymore. Like, you're good. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In 2020, I just like took on a bunch of work. I just said yes to everything. Also, during pandemic, I didn't, everything was so unpredictable. Mm. I had to say yes. I'm like, if there's work, I got to work. Yeah. And so I think that year I did like 17 or 18 spaces, like makeovers. Whoa. Pretty much that did my whole book. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I was able to find and upgrade my mom and my family to a three-bedroom house rental. And so finally, last year, they had, you know, a bigger house, a bigger place, a house. So it feels like a home. It was an apartment. And um, they finally have their own spaces now. That's so sweet. So my mom, my sister, and my niece, you know, my mom at 60, my sister at now she's 32, my niece who's 15 now, they finally all have their own spaces. So it's never too late. That's so sweet. Yeah, I had a lot of fun helping them decorate their bedrooms. Um, You know, they all love it. Yeah. When you say you're doing these makeovers, like you took on a bunch of makeovers in 2020, are clients finding you and saying, will you come and make over my living room? Is that how it's working? So I uh, mostly work with brands and partnerships. Okay. Brand partnerships, right. creating makeovers, creating content. Right. So in a lot of ways, at the end of the day, what I do with a lot of interior designers do, we are still helping people create, you know, spaces that reflect who they are or just making over their lives, yeah. you know, giving them a beautiful space. Except I work with brands. Yeah. So you just brought up um, you're helping people design spaces that reflect who they are. How would you say that your home is a reflection of your identity? You know, my home, it's filled, again, it's filled with all my favorite colors, all my favorite things that I find from my travels, from my friends, from my aunt, from my family. It's also filled with plants, Mm -hmm. vintage things that I found as well, you know. So I have a few things, like my little recipe of like creating like an intimate space or a space that feels personal. It's really color. Color is really what tells a story. Is it your mom's favorite color? Is it your favorite color? Why? Or it could be, you know, so I'm creating a nursery, my first nursery for my best friend. And I asked her, what was like a thing you were craving when you were pregnant? And she said, peaches and nectarines. Hmm. I'm like, there you go. We're going to create a nursery off of the color of a peach. And that's how I tell people, like, that's where you can start, like, with color. It's like, now you know that you created this room because it's tied to a story where you ate a lot of peaches and nectarines while she was pregnant. And so it's about celebrating things, all those things, you know, my heritage, my culture, things that I find. It's a celebration of you. It's a celebration of your life. Decorating is really just celebrating your life. Yeah. So fill it with all the things you love. And the beauty, that's so subjective, right? It could be things that are not objectively beauty, but it's beautiful. Regardless, it could be beautiful from, you know, your great aunt. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be this weird dolphin 
<laughs> and I think that's what makes a space unique is that those weird things that are quirky that really tell a story. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask as we're rounding up this conversation is, so this podcast is called Being Home with Hunker. And I love to ask, what does being home mean to you? Being home is a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel calm, a place where you can just express yourself through all the things you love. For me, it's through color, through plants, through vintage things, through all the things I found throughout my travels. Um, it's about creating new memories with your friends and family and, um, and also my pets. Always the pets. <laughs> Always right? the pets. I know. Well, Tabito, thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun just getting to, you know, share. Yeah, and I appreciate your generosity sharing your story. And can't wait to see your book when it comes out next year. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait too. Thank you so much. To learn more about DeBito, find him on Instagram at DeBito or check out his website, allbrandnew.com where you can read his blog posts, shop his prints, or learn more about his design services. Be sure to visit our show notes for direct links to where you can discover everything that's going on with DeBito. You've been listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman, executive produced by Eve Epstein. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio, theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer, Maury Men, and director of audience development, Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive. <laughs>